Welcome to 26 Weeks of Awakening. I am Emily Strunk, your host. This is week nine and we're talking about karma. In the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, Deepak Chopra starts chapter three on karma, saying, every action generates a force of energy that returns to us in like kind. What we sow is what we reap. And when we choose actions that bring happiness and success to others, the fruit of our karma is happiness and success. Swami Vivekananda said, Karma is the eternal assertion of human freedom. Our thoughts, our words, and deeds are the threads of the net which we throw around ourselves. I always thought of karma as some Eastern spiritual belief that was somewhat superstitious, like believing in ghosts or demons. Karma was, to me, a spiritual force invented by Eastern religion. This is not the case. Karma is merely a word for what we all experience every day when we get out of life exactly what we put in it. This not only encompasses actions, but attitudes and intentions. Karma is law. It does not have anything to do with belief or religion. It is not an entity or divine will skulking in the shadows waiting to pounce. It just is how things are. Just like the law of gravity, it cannot be escaped. We can master it as we can learn from it, and we can use it to our advantage. The best way for me to relate to karma is to reflect on my life events and to analyze what actions, attitudes, or intentions of mine prior to the event caused the nature of the event. It is quite a revelation to complete this exercise, for instance. I was in a 10-year struggle married to a cocaine addict who I blamed for many atrocities in that part of my life. But my actions, my decisions, and my lifestyle led me first to him. There were even warnings along the way, advice from those in my life, and even times he would stand me up after driving more than an hour to pick him up, or just abusive emotional treatment. He would ignore me or treat me rudely and abusively in the first year of our relationship. Further on, his moodiness was always determined by his lack of drugs. So in order to combat that, I would drive to someone and buy a bag of whatever for him so that he would be happier, calmer, and nicer to me. Early on in this relationship, I could have changed course. I could have left him and moved on in my life with more positivity. I did not need him financially. It was the other way around. But something in me needed the identity of being with him and developing our relationship so that he cared about me, and more importantly, that he wanted me around, not just needed me. I made terrible decisions for myself and my children in that 10 years. I fought for his attention. The karmic consequences of all my actions during this time period still unravel and haunt me today. 
trying to rebuild my financial health after years of bad decisions and doormat behaviors was almost impossible. Dealing with the emotional scars my children carried as a result of this constant conflict in their daily lives was heartbreaking and a heavy load. It was my load to carry, my web to unweave. Finally, I am untangling the habitual tendencies of codependency, which thrived in this environment. I have begun to see through the guilt and the inadequacy, and I am still trying to overcome this cycle. I see it clearly now, though, even in current situations. I remember and identify with the forest of thorn bushes that grew up around Sleeping Beauty's castle the hundred years she and her kingdom slept. While I was sleeping and unaware of my actions, I created a forest of thorn bushes that, upon my awakening, I have been hacking through and cutting down for 16 years. These thorn bushes in my life are my karma, karmic consequences. Sitting here in federal prison camp is a result of my codependent habitual tendencies and a big mess of thorn bushes created by my sleeping and a cycle of actions completed through guilt and feelings of inadequacy coupled with masking and hiding from fear. Chopra reminds me that whether I like it or not, everything that is happening at this moment is a result of choices I've made in the past. This includes even the unconscious choices. The choices I make as a result of conditioning. Well, my conditioning, as I described, was an overwhelming feeling of inadequacy and a need to be wanted and accepted by others. My choices and reactions in my life systemically followed this theme. Then layered on top of that was the conditioning of guilt. So my choices and actions were an unconscious effort to counter the guilt I carried from harming my children through poor choices and not living up to the expectations of family. There are many types of mental conditioning. Some of us are conditioned to be entitled to a certain type of treatment or preference. Some are conditioned to not want to labor. Others are conditioned by a need for control resulting in security. And many are conditioned for a desire of material wealth, which is also a means for security. All this mental conditioning leads to unconscious actions and choices, and these are the cause of our karmic energy. When I took a step back to see my past choices and reflect on my reasoning, I was able to see my unconscious choices caused by conditioning. Then I became more acutely aware of this process in my present state of mind. I began to discover conscious awareness of my choices and began the pathway of less unconscious reactivity.
Anjan Cha teaches us that karma, kama in Pali, karma is clinging. This clinging makes habits which can make us suffer in the future. When we suffer, it is the fruit of our clinging, our past defilement. Buddhism teaches that all attachment leads to suffering. This is karma. Just as good action or pure intention leads to positive consequences, this too is karma. If we can let the clinging of our desires go as we see them arise in each circumstance, our subsequent choice and action will not be a reaction, but a conscious choice. If we are practicing the pathway, then these choices will become more and more the choice necessary to eventually transcend karma. Chopra says that there is only one choice available in every second that will lead to or create happiness. It's the action that nourishes you and everyone else who is influenced by that action. When I can observe my mind and its thinking, its conditioning, I am more apt to make that one correct choice instead of reacting to my conditioned state. Over time, the goal is to become less conditioned. Choices I make from observation and contemplation, while in the midst of a meditating practice, will be choices and actions that result in good karma. How do I deal with past karma? We all have karmic buildup. It is believed by some that it could be from our past lives or as far back as our childhood. The first method would be to pay the debt. Most of us choose unconsciously to go this route in dealing with karma and consequences. Actually, it seems to be the only known solution for karma. Paying karma debts often comes with a great deal of suffering or unpleasantness. The law of karma in the universe does say that no debt goes unpaid. I'm currently paying my karmic debt for carelessness, materialism, and codependent choices by losing time with my family sentenced to be here in prison camp. I expect this debt paid and the karma gone when I am finished here. Chopra also says we can transmute or transform karma to a more desirable experience. I am also doing this here. It happens while paying karmic debt. You look for the seed of opportunity and tie that seed to your purpose in life. It's me taking this awful experience of a prison sentence and transmuting it into something beautiful in my capacities of human understanding, compassion, and growth towards my ultimate purpose. This converts adversity and pain into a benefit. I do have the power of transmutation. I can make a prison sentence a positive, empowering, and enlightening experience. I can use this opportunity to benefit myself and others. Does this mean that I no longer suffer in the midst of paying a debt? No, I still feel loss, 
pain and suffering. But I am able to pull myself up from the depth of despair and self-pity and remind myself of the transmutation in progress. I have formidable power and strength when I remember and realize I cannot be beaten down. I can be alone, but never lonely. I can be imprisoned, but never a prisoner. I can be held down, but never stopped. Now, I not only have transmuted this karma, but I begin to transcend it. Awareness is such a key fact in our lives and in knowing thyself. Yet the majority of humanity lives daily life unaware of their conscious or unconscious thoughts and behavior. We are knots of emotions, webs of reactions, and pools of karmic energy, seemingly unable to be effective on anything of importance and only able to do the bare minimum to get through from day to day. The unveiling that occurs when we simply begin to practice awareness is a paradigm-shifting event. Even in the most simplest of lifestyles, it has a great effect. See, it's not an unveiling of the external world. It's a discovery of the internal self, of mind, of spirit. I can stop my automatic responses, reactions, and thoughts, and begin to see and work with the underlying universal laws in motion. If I continue to practice awareness and mental focus and fortitude through meditation and observation, I can slowly understand that I don't have to be spinning uncontrollably in the midst of universal laws. But I can move my energy and my power in sync with the universe. I then experience my oneness with all, my true self. Thus I transcend contradictions with universal laws. I evolve into harmoniously being with the universe. Okay, so let's take a few minutes to contemplate karma and talk about it. Have you experienced negative consequences or negative karma in your life? Think about what those experiences are. The details surrounding them and maybe write it down, you know, in a journal or reflection. And as you reflect on those karmic experiences, what conditioning in your mind led to your actions which caused negative karma? So really, like, why do you think you reacted or acted in the way that you did that caused negative karma? What was the mental state? Are you experiencing any negative karma now? Write that down. What, what is it that you're experiencing in negative karma? 
how can you transmute past negative karma or current negative karma into something that benefits you and others? These questions, I encourage you to write them down and spend time thinking about them. Um, they're not something that as we talk here, as I ask you the question, you can just come up with the profound answer and make change. This requires some thought and sitting with oneself and maybe journaling or, or reflecting and, and talking with yourself about the events in your life that may have been negative or positive karma and what you believe transpired that created that karmic energy. Think about this over the next week as you continue in your meditation practice. I encourage you to meditate at least five minutes every day. If you are at five minutes, then trying five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening. And as time goes on and you continue in your practice, increase the time in meditation. 15 minutes is a, is a great milestone in the ability to sit in meditation. And 30 minutes is about the average for the daily practitioner. Moving towards an hour of meditation, 45 minutes to an hour. And if you can only do that once a week uh, because of your schedule or your routine, that's okay. But try to get to a point where you can sit with yourself uh, for an hour of meditation and and really begin to practice focusing your mind and um, quieting its movement. So this week, I hope you spend some time thinking about your karmic energy and how to transmute karmic consequences and then through recognizing awareness and observation, begin to transcend karmic energy, moving to a place where th through your observation and your daily awareness, you're not reactive, but you're moving one, you're moving in sync with the universal laws uh, rather than in resistance. Namaste. Namaste.